The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, the story that just keeps on giving the blockbuster, the open cesspit and RTE uh, yielded a new episode yesterday with the revelation about Marty Morrissey. We're going to speak very shortly to Sean Defoe, Bauer Media's political correspondent and Sinn Féin's frontbench spokesperson and TD for Dublin Fingal, Louise O'Reilly. But I, I was looking at all the coverage this morning of uh, Marty Morrissey's statement and I know Marty is a national treasure, more so than uh, Ryan Tuberty. He is dancing with the stars, bit of fun, Claire man, uh, uh, tragedy in relation to his mother. I like Marty. I like Marty. He's an avuncular, typical, uh, uh, enigmatic Irishman who is a bundle of last and has a great sense of humour. The Marty party. But I can't believe in all of today's coverage, I have Marty's statement in front of me. Not one journalist, not one newspaper. Yeah, you know, Marty's drive for five and fantastic tabloid headlines. But no one has really scrutinised the statement. Uh, and I actually have some expertise in this. Over the last 14 years, I would have done a number of corporate events uh, for uh, motor companies and they would vary from conferences for all dealer groups with a national brand opening local uh, uh, garage facilities, showrooms and so on. And I've never been asked to do a roadshow of 12 gigs and, and not expect to be paid for it. Not only would I agree a fee in advance, I'd send them an invoice after the event, I'd charge them VAT on it and it would all be done through their company and my company. So this idea that he would do 12 gigs, I find totally puzzling. I did not seek a a fee for this engagement. It is just so out of kilter with the rest. And I, I, you know, if I was to put a monetary value on it, I don't think you'd do a gig like that for less than a grand and maybe two grand would be the run of it. Now, people in RT might get 10 grand for it, but I would think it's worth between 50 and 30 grand. But the point I'm making is this. If a local club say, look, we're having a charity fundraising night, we're opening dressing rooms, absolutely, you would do that for nothing. But a corporate asks you to do something and asks you to do it for nothing. So, I mean, this is a little bit more than a very ad hoc arrangement, to use Marty's words. I mean, you know, if Kevin Backhurst is saying that people register their interests, I mean, how many more cars are going to come out of the car park in Montrose at this stage? And and who gave them to who? I mean, like, it is just absolutely bizarre. Uh, and, and you know, if Backhurst is going to make a proper job of registering in interests, you know, if, if Marty wasn't a GA correspondent, wasn't a national commentator, he wouldn't be, uh, he wouldn't be troubled by any car company. I mean, your celebrity, your, your, your job gives you these opportunities. And then there is the other issue. Uh, if you get a car, and sorry, there's nothing wrong with taking a car in lieu of cash or in lieu of money, but obviously then there's the consequential tax issue. You know, the things that for free is actually the most expensive thing. Okay, Sean, uh, what do you make of that? Yeah, look, you make a good point there. It seems like a strange sort of arrangement, doesn't it, overall, that you would do so much of that for free and then they offered the car in lieu, I guess. I, I wonder, was there some other GNA connection within Renault, perhaps, in that they had some of their brand ambassadors or some of the people working from them that Marty knew to get involved? But look, it's it's sort of just opening the door on a long list of these arrangements that go on, usually absolutely with nothing wrong with them, but go on away from the eye of the broadcaster. And were Marty not staff and the only really 
you know, one of these very famous RT stars who was on the staff books and permanent and pensionable and all that would probably know nothing about it. So I think when Backers gets in next week, next Monday, talk about a baptism of fire coming in uh, and starts to put all of these changes that he's going to put in place in the register of interests, then we are probably going to lift the lid on quite quite a few more deals that are there. Yeah, and the, the point you make about salaried is, is actually very interesting. If, if I'm an independent contractor and do a gig, all the costs of me getting there would be, you know, in my invoice. If Marty does commentary and goes from Clare to Clonus, I, I thought it'd be perfectly fair and reasonable for him to send uh, an expenses claim to RTE. So was he getting expenses from RTE while getting a free car from Renault? I mean, like, yeah, I just can't believe anyone in the media. Uh, they take everything at face value. And I mean, how many more uh, uh, Nixers or whatever you like to call it are out there? Now, let's let's get back to the, the main blockbuster, which will be next Tuesday. Uh, well, sorry, let's go next Monday. What are we expecting from Kevin Backers? Is he going to do a press conference? He's got to obviously speak to people before he, he puts their head in the bucket. Uh, what, what, what's going to happen uh, in, in terms of that choreography? And then Tuesday, like, I, I just wonder if, I wonder if Tubbs and, and Noel Kelly are wise to go into this lion's den because I, I, I find it very difficult to believe that they'll enhance their reputation. Um, you know, you can give detailed documentation, but six hours of questioning, it's impossible to think that there won't be some hostage to fortune, some photographs, some visual. I don't know. What, what can we expect Monday, first of all? Yeah, so Monday, first of all, he said he's going to speak publicly or that he's at least going to give public details of what that reforming of the organisation is going to look like. So whether that will be a press conference, whether that will be a statement, we don't 100% know yet. Obviously, he's facing the difficulty in that he obviously needs to reform the organisation and change up the executive board. But he also can't just willy-nilly sack people. And give, especially given that Orti put out a statement two weeks ago outlining while all the members of the executive board weren't at fault when it came to this original Tuberty payment and that all of them will fight that. He doesn't want to get bogged down in legal actions and in challenges in the in the Labour uh, labor court and etc. And that's what the Taoiseach and some of the cabinet are very afraid of as well if he just goes in wielding the axe willy-nilly. So how he orchestrates that and changes to make things substantial but also not open himself up to legal action will be really interesting. And then I totally agree with you on Tuesday. This is the hardest possible path Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly could have chosen because the, the general thought was that he'll have to say something publicly. He'll, maybe he'll do it as sit down for an hour, uh, you know, with one of the RT presenters, uh, with Brendan O'Connor or somebody and, and say his piece there or he'll do a sit down. Yeah, with I, I, I would recommend to do it with someone, Brian Dobson, on the one o'clock news, a 25 minute interview. Not to do live line. <laughs> uh, yes. and, and, you know, I would pick my, my stage. I would pick an RTE stage. I mean, to go into this lion's den, it, 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 it could be a bloodbath for him. Well, completely, because you know well, very few, if any, people come out of an Oireachtas committee smelling better than they did on the way in. And you are going to have six hours of every single TD and senator knowing they have a chance to, or thinking they have a chance to stick it to Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly here and get their moment on the telly or their moment for Facebook. And if he wants to sort of salvage any sort of future for his career, and I don't make any mistake, I think this is a make or break day for his career. He has to come across as, as humble, as sort of contrite, as apologetic. Yeah, the, the trade-off like, is contrition for redemption. That's the, yeah, that's exactly. the, the formula here. Yeah. 
But keeping that up for six hours is incredibly, incredibly difficult when you're under that level of scrutiny and that level of questioning. So it's going to be difficult. It's definitely the hardest route that he could possibly have taken. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it unfolds. It's, it's not a lot of rest. Pack is a vicious committee. There's also a bit of committee infighting going on here. Pack never sits on a Tuesday morning. So they were trying to gazump the media committee by moving their <laughs> meeting from Thursday to Tuesday. And then the media committee no, said, no, right, we'll, no we'll jockeying for position. Well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, and there'll be lots of, of showboating where there won't be questions and people will make statements and, and have, have size. Backhurst mentioned this register of interests. What do we know about this? Because, I mean, there's all sorts of formal and informal arrangements. You can be a brand ambassador. You can, you can do Instagram ads. Uh, and, and actually in the moving away from the kind of uh, uh, high-profile uh, presenters, some of the celebs, the 2FM thing, this is more their area and so on. I mean, I can see this being an unending, uh, uh, and, and will it be published? You know, I mean, what, like, what's he said about the register? Yeah, he hasn't said anything specific in terms of that level of detail. I think the politicians think it should be like what their register of interest is, which is published every year and is able to be scrutinized every year. Now, there's some bits that they can, politicians can leave off it, like the family home. But, you know, if they get, a, if they own a second home, if they own properties, if they own shares, etc., that all has to go up on the Oireachtas uh, members' interest. So whether it will be fully public, we don't 100% know yet. I imagine it's going to have to be at least in part public. And it will be, I would imagine, if you get, you know, payments beyond a certain threshold. If you get more than a grand for a gig or whatever, or if you've got a car from somebody that you would you would have to declare it, and then that's what we'll see. But the the full makeup of it, we don't know yet. Okay, okay, and and like I I I mean, would it extend to someone like Richard Curran? You know, who's a business correspondent and a presenter of a program. I would imagine so. I mean, I think, in fact, the more important one is to have people who are on the more factual programmes declaring if, they, if they're having anything. Because whatever about, like you said, the 2FM breakfast show or, or whatever, but if you are in a situation where you're likely to have to interview one of the brands that you're involved in if controversy was to arise, that's where the real conflict of interest comes into play. So I would imagine the newsroom in particular would have to be taken under it. Now, there's obviously fewer deals there, um, you know, by the fact that you could see it. And when they came out that there was a staff member that had a car, once you ruled out the newsroom, it made it fairly clear who it was going to be. But yeah, of course, that they'd have to be in the remit, I would think. The other thing I want to ask you about is is this bizarre thing that happened yesterday with Minister Catherine Muppet-Martin. I mean, she, she, she actually was asked about the licence fee and she said she couldn't give people advice whether to pay it or not. In, she was asked, in view of this controversy, Minister, do you think it's unreasonable to ask people to pay the licence fee? She said she wouldn't give advice. She is the line minister responsible for implementing the law where you can be brought to, to jail for not paying €160. Euro. What planet is she on? Yeah, remarkable, wasn't it? And even the fact that the Taoiseach was out an hour later, asked the exact same question question, and very clearly said, no, I'm, I'll be paying my licence fee and that we shouldn't be punishing all the other people in RTE and all the other money the licence fee goes to because parts, parts of the licence fee do go to independent productions who would then be on the likes of News Talk and other stations as well. He said very clearly, I'll be paying it and we shouldn't punish everyone with the same brush and was asked about Catherine Martin then and sort of stumbled his way through an answer when he said, well, you can you can read her comment into the fact that she will be paying the licence fee. And then her party leader, Eamon Ryan, saying he'd also be paying it. So really another faux pas from the Minister on that one. Yeah, well, Ryan and, and Martin have form in terms of the leadership and the contest. Do you think Micheál Martin and Leo are losing faith in Catherine Martin? 
I don't get that sense yet, no. I think there there is a little bit of frustration about how some of this has played out because she's been very hot and cold. I mean, she's come out sometimes and like on Tuesday when she issued the, that statement after meeting with the board and was very clear there needed to be direct action and was bringing forward that forensic investigation from August, which is now going to start uh, next week instead. And then you have comments like yesterday where, where it's the complete other way. So she's been very hot and cold on the issue. I don't think the faith has gone yet, uh, and particularly because so much of this is actually going to be out of her hands. It's going to be in the hands of Kevin Backers as the new DG and then all the different reviews. And then it will go to government because there is a much wider question here about the future funding of RTE that's all been put on pause pending all of these investigations. All right, Sean Defoe, thank you. That's where I'm going to start with Deputy Louise O'Reilly, Sinn Féin TD, well, front spokesperson on industry and commerce, of course, as well as Fingal TD. Welcome to the programme, Louise. Um, let's just start. I had Eamon uh, O'Nobrin in studio here last week and and he said that Sinn Féin absolutely believed not just in public service broadcasting but that being produced through the public sector which is only RTE. What reforms do you want to see to continue that position? Well, I think um, we do need to see a lot of transparency. Okay, so what's emerged in the last couple of weeks um, about these kind of side deals and the, 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 the shady operations that were going on we're, we're on this slow drip feed of information. I think, you know, the register of interests is, is a good idea. But there's one thing I do want to say, Ivan, and uh, I've heard this from staff members in RTE, and I think they were talking about it on the, the radio earlier today. Kevin Backhurst hasn't met the staff yet. He hasn't actually brought the staff together. So, like, it, all of these scandals involve a tiny proportion of the staff who are busy working in RTE and you know the people in RTE as well as I do Ivan they're on most of them are on ordinary wages they're ordinary men and women coming in doing their job and they are having to read about this and there hasn't been a meeting yet with staff I find that absolutely outrageous so I do hope that uh, when he starts he is prepared to listen to the ordinary staff members in RTE and to try to rebuild some trust with them as well as trying to rebuild uh, the public trust. But I think the register of interest is a good place to start. But I also think we need to look at uh, at salary caps and arrangements for contractors. And, you know, I mean, this is public service broadcasting. People have to have trust in the, the national broadcaster. And that trust has been rent asunder. Kevin Backhurst has a massive job uh, ahead of him. And, you know, I hope he gets the support of Catherine Martin. And I would agree that she has been uh, she has been hot and cold on this issue. She's been absent at key times when we needed to hear from her. And sometimes her answers have been a bit sketchy and a bit vague. And I don't get the impression that she's in charge of this more that she's running along behind it sometimes. And I think that's a worry. But I do think Kevin Backhurst needs to start as he means to go on. And that has to be by listening to the workers in RTE as well as uh, reconstituting the board, putting in the register and bringing that transparency that's so badly needed into this. Um, we spoke uh, a number of times over the last fortnight to your colleague Brian Stanley. Uh, as far as Sinn Féin are concerned, I mean, Noel Kelly and uh, 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 Ryan Tuberty are, you know, they didn't create the culture in RTE necessarily. Maybe they did. I don't know. The point is, what questions do you think they need to know? Because we know, like, it's pointed in the direction of D Forbes and the management of RTE and the board and the lack of oversight and all that. Um, Ryan would say, look, I'm doing a job. Uh, Noel will say, 
I get 15% of every euro. I'm going to maximise that in all circumstances. I am an intermediary. I am an attack dog. That's what it says on the tin. If I'm dealing with anybody, that's my job is to extract the maximum. I'm not in the public service business. What, 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 what do you think is reasonable or unreasonable uh, for next Tuesday? Well, I, I thought it was very interesting that in their letter um, they wrote from their solicitors, they said, we will answer all appropriate questions. And that kind of, <laughs> a bit of an alarm bell went off in my head when I thought, no, hang on a second, who's, who's deciding what are and aren't appropriate questions? You know, I mean, it's the Public Accounts Committee. There was a lot of uh, licence fee payers and taxpayers' money spent on these little bespoke um, side deals and arrangements. So I do think we need to have accountability for that. And, you know, there, there just there's discrepancies around paperwork and I think people will want to to know how Mr. Kelly does his business with uh, with RTE, how many other informal arrangements does he have, how well ingrained within the RTE system was he that he would know uh, on a nod and a wink, uh, you know, that, that uh, he one of his clients at least was going to get uh, protection from uh, pay cuts or indeed get a, a that, that lucrative side deal paid out through those um, those accounts. So I think we, I want and people will want to hear from them, you know, how this system developed how many people are involved in it and, you know, what sort of oversight was there in RTE and what kind of access does this uh, person from the outside, you say he's an agent, right, and he's a job to do and that's fair enough. But the powers that be in RTE are charged with the responsibility of spending the licence fee and the taxpayers' money. So, you know, I want to find out what that relationship was between uh, Noel Kelly in particular and RTE, how it developed and, you know, to whom did he speak? How was that arranged? It seems that there was a lot of very casual chats going on involving hundreds of thousands of euros and you know we're finding out now and there's little bits of information dripping into the public domain I think Mr Kelly has a lot of information about how these deals came into place about how um, how that works and I think he needs to share that with both committees next week. Finally uh, the question of reform and and public service broadcasting could I put it to you that all the journalists that you deal with in the Oireachtas Gallery, whether they work for the Mail on Sunday, whether they work for the Indo, whether they work for Sean Defoe, for Bauer or for RTE, I would submit to you and local radio that you might do, you know, in, in different parts of the country, that it's all public service broadcasting. They're actually, you know, it, it's, it's not Trumpian Fox News. They're actually just doing an honest journalist job. Is there a case for broadening out between print and all forms? Now, I, I have skin in this game because I only work for intermittently now for, for, for commercial stations and so on, be it Virgin or be it News Talk. So I, I'm, 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 I have skin in this game. But, you know, this argument has gone on for years. Now, you know, it is an ideological debate as well. And I just in terms of Sinn Féin's stance on this, they, they kind of, uh, I get the impression, think no matter what, RTE must be the public service broadcaster. Maybe you just tell us the justification for not giving any money at all to anyone else doing public service work. But I think there is a difference between the commercial and the public service. And I think what we're seeing in RTE is those lines getting blurred. And I think that's where the, the issue is here at the moment. You know, public service broadcasting, I do feel is important. And it has its place alongside commercial uh, broadcasting and and uh, and commercial production, but I don't think uh, what what we are seeing in RTE now represents the best or anywhere even close to it of what public service uh, of how the public service broadcaster should behave. So what we're learning is that there was a blurring of the lines. If you've got people who are 
you know, um, uh, as, as was John said, you know, permanent and pensionable jobs, but then they're acting like they're in uh, some kind of a private sector organisation, but they've got the cushion behind them of the public service. That's no way to carry on. So I do think we need to see a separation of the, the public and the public service broadcasting and the commercial element, because what we're seeing now is what happens when you mix the two of those. And, you know, you've got people who are essentially public service broadcasters who are entering into uh, lucrative commercial arrangements. That, that where those lines get blurred, I, that is where I think the difficulty is. But I do believe that we need a public service broadcaster. I'm not necessarily convinced that RTE in its current format is uh, the best way to deliver that. But I think uh, we're all going to be interested to hear from Mr. Backhorse now on Monday. He's a huge job. He says he's going to be the new broom that will sweep clean. Well, then we need to hear from him what it is he's going to do uh, to regain the public's trust in the national broadcaster. Sinn Féin from Venture, Louise O'Reilly, Deputy Louise thank you for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.